0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast,
1: we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey, guys, buddy C. I'd like to welcome Kate and Cindy, and Tina just popped in, and Lala, Craig, and Paul. Hope everyone's doing well. 61st chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Kate, are you ready to read for us? I am. All right. Have at it.
2: All right. A great country is like low land. It is the meeting ground of the universe, the mother of the universe. The female overcomes the male with stillness, lying low in stillness. Therefore, if a great country gives way to a smaller country it will conquer the smaller country. And if a smaller country submits to a great country, it can conquer the great country. Therefore, those who would conquer must yield, and those who conquer do so because they yield. A great nation needs more people. A small country needs to serve. Each gets what it wants. It is fitting for a great nation to yield. Second translation, When a country obtains great power, it becomes like the sea. All streams run downward into it. The more powerful it grows, the greater need for humility. Humility means trusting the Tao, thus never needing to be defensive. A great nation is like a great man. When he makes a mistake, he realizes it. Having realized it, he admits it. Having admitted it, he corrects it. He considers those who point out his faults as his mo- most benevolent teachers. He thinks of his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts. If a nation is centered in the Tao, if it nourishes its own people and doesn't meddle in the affairs of others, it will be a, la- a light to all nations in the world. Third translation, a large country should take the low place like a great watershed which from its low position assumes the female role. The female overcomes the male by the power of her position. Her tranquility gives rise to her humility. If a large country takes the low position, it will be able to influence smaller countries. If smaller countries take the lower position, then they can allow themselves to be influenced. So both seek to take the lower position in order to influence the other or be influenced. Large countries should desire to protect and help people, and small countries should desire to serve others. Both large and small countries benefit greatly from humility. Final translation. Power flows down to every level of existence like the river to the ocean. Victory comes from lying perfectly still and waiting for power to come your way. If you yield to someone less powerful than yourself, you will be in a position to influence them. If you submit to someone more powerful than yourself, you create an opportunity to get your own way. So if you want to get ahead, lay low and bide your time. That way, everybody's
1: happy. All right. I put the link in the chat, so I'm going
3: to stop the share. Comments. Good morning. Can everybody see me?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Let's see, um, this, I'm so glad that there's other translations, because, um, it just helps me, you know, to, like, get a better grasp of it, and there's, and it, it also shows me that there's so many different ways to take it, um, and I really, um, I feel like that, I feel like I needed to hear this, because I've been struggling with my humility, and, um, the thing that I, the one thing that stuck out to me is when they said, he who points out my faults is one of my, um, what did he say, benevolent teachers? Yes. Um, You know, and it, it just brings me back to, you know, I, I don't, like how you're not supposed to take somebody else's inventory, but I appreciate it when other people do for me. However, if they're not, Tao driven and they're not they don't come from a God based place then you know then we're kind of in a world of trouble um so you know but even then it's a compass I feel like I really appreciate when somebody can come to me with love and say here's what I'm seeing um you know whether it's right or wrong at least it it allows me to examine and I think really that's kind of what things are about for me because really I mean I know how I feel I know I have I have the answers, um, but they need to be brought out of me. So I struggle with that because I know a lot of people. I feel like I, I think about my sponsor. I feel like she just is quiet and lets me come to my own um, realizations. But sometimes I wish you would just you know. And you can tell when someone's looking at you like, "Come on, keep going. You're almost there." And they know. Like whenever I told my counselor Um, my psychiatrist that I, psychologist that that I was um, an alcoholic and I was going to AA and she was like, oh my gosh, finally, yes, that's, you know, and I'm thinking, why did you tell me you knew the whole time and I had no idea, you know, like she never, which I guess is kind of a good way to. So that's something that I guess I have a lot of unresolved things with that, um, you know, is it, is that your most benevolent teacher? Is that the way you're supposed to do? And then, but I would feel completely uncomfortable telling somebody else, listen, have you considered you might be an alcoholic? <laughs> because that could go really bad. So that was my observation to that. Um, like I said, and especially if it sticks out to you, then there's something going on there. And I just appreciated that. You,
1: you know, Tina, um, for me, if if i'm working with someone i just i try to create the environment that they can figure those things out for themselves like like the that's really the way it seems to work because if i tell someone they need to do something it normally doesn't work but if they come to that realization on their own then you know then then it's time for them um And I think I like the idea of this, um, uh, those that point out our faults could be any enemy that we have. They they may not even be coming from a place of love. They could be someone who we might think of as an enemy or someone that we have conflict with. Uh, But we look at, uh, it's interesting here, he says, He thinks of his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts. So he's his own enemy. No one else is his enemy. Everyone else is that you might could think would be your enemy. They're just pointing out the, your own faults. It goes back to the same, uh, the, the axiom that when we're disturbed, there's something in us that needs to change. You know, that same, uh, that same axi- you know, that same idea, that uh, that we're, we're all, The only enemy we have is ourselves, and we need to. And, and one thing that we can, you know, that's really, and I've never seen this before. Uh, when he says that he considers those who point out his faults as his most benevolent teachers, that's gratitude. Mm-hmm. So he's actually using gratitude when he has a conflict. So I thought that was good. Um, y'all just interrupt me if you have something. I'm I'm watching. Um, I wanted to talk first about uh, this idea of humility as the ocean. Uh, there's a quote, and it's not said directly here, but I've seen it in other places where uh, the ocean is the greatest body of water because it's the lowest and it continually gives back to the rest of the world. Uh, so you've got – and it's the greatest because it's the lowest. And that's the whole idea at the, at the, in the first phrase. The largest country should take the low place like a great watershed, which from its lowest position uh, assumes a female role. So, so it's the lowest uh, body of water, so it's the greatest. So that's our model for humility, if, if, uh, uh, that the, it's the greatest because it's the lowest. Um, and through condensation, it continually gives back to the rest of the world. So that, that's the idea of being the greatest, that you're going to be the lowest. Um, uh, the most powerful, uh, the more powerful it grows, the greater the need for humility Humility means trusting the Tao, thus never needing to be defensive. So I was thinking about that idea of humility and defense and being defensive. And that if, if I'm being defensive, there's some area that I'm not being humble in. There's something I need to look at as far as humility goes, that I'm not... Uh, that, that I'm trying to uh uh trying to be more than i am uh, that i'm that I'm trying to play god in so that that's re- because that defense is is my resistance to against anything that's going on
4: comments uh, no that makes a lot of sense i mean I think about just how my my main Being was complete defense when I was drinking. (laughs) But I lived in defense mode. Mm And, um, yeah, that's just resistance to, you know, once you give that up and surrender and let it go, you can start to heal.
1: Yeah, you know, and if I've got that defense, I'm resisting. Right. And I know that there's somewhere I'm trying to play God in my life. Somewhere I'm not surrendering.
4: But also, if you're high on the defense a lot of time, it is the government ruled with a strict iron fist, which is creating more resistance than what would be there, save for, like, a sponsor is a lot more leading the way with a soft stick versus, you know, you've got to do it this way, you know that's going to create a lot more defense, a lot more resistance. So it is, you know, talking about the government here being like water and, you know, um, not having, you know, I think we had spoken a couple of weeks back about having too many rules. Anybody's going to resist being told what to do. Too much. It's just human nature. Don't tell me what to do rather than letting us find it our own way. Yeah, you,
1: know, you know, there are some tools, though, we can use. What I've been working on lately is – not taking things personally. Yeah. And that's really helping me not to react in situations that um, I would normally react and fight against. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't think, there, for example, I'm riding on the road, I'm driving down the road, and somebody pulls out in front of me. They didn't pull out in front of me. Yeah. They just pulled out, and whoever would have been there, they would have pulled out in front of. It wasn't me. They did not target Buddy and sit there and wait till Buddy was riding down the road <laughs> and then pull out in front of Buddy. They didn't do that.
4: You just saw road rage right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, and, and that's the kind of thing that I've been trying to think about. And I've been on the road for three days on my motorcycle, so I'm thinking about those things. And I've, I just, it's not me. They're not after me. Uh, I have a local situation with my property taxes where I appealed it last year and they said they'd freeze it. Now they said they had no record of me coming and doing any of that. (laughs) So I'm like, ah! And and so I've got to go talk to them today again. And I'm trying. They're not doing that to me. Someone just made a mistake. They didn't target Buddy. (laughs) So learning not to take those things personally, you know, is really helping me not to get so upset about everything, you know?
2: I have an example. Like, I made a mistake at my work last week, and I got corrected. I got an email from, like, not just my boss, but, like, my main boss. Hmm. And, like, it, just, it was pretty nice, but it was correcting me and saying, you know, don't do this. This was not correct. And so, in my head, at first, I was like, "Oh, you know, I only did this because of this. I only did this because you know at first, but then i so I accepted it like- well, you know, yes, I did make that mistake, yes, it's okay to make a mistake, and you know, kind of like the what this is saying." When he makes a mistake, he realizes it. Having realized it, he admits it, you know. That is humility. And then I don't have to spend my whole week like worrying all the time, getting all upset. It's like, yes, I made a mistake, yes, I was corrected. It happens. I will survive that.
1: You know, and you could you could even be grateful for them correcting you.
2: Right. I hadn't even got that far in my thinking, but that is true.
1: (laughs) That was what he's talking about here, about his benevolent, that he considers those who point out his faults as his most benevolent teachers.
2: So, yes, I can move to that gratitude stage.
5: So that would be next. Yep. I would still be upset with him. I would still be fighting them. Tooth and I'm going to up. mute Craig. We and don't need sure to hear Craig today,
1: Craig. You you need to practice <laughs> some gratitude. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know.
5: But that's that, that's that's where I'm at, and that's, that, that's that's where I need to get. I need I need to get to the acceptance level of the fact that it's not always Craig that's right. There's that there are there are other ways of doing things, and sometimes it's very difficult to actually accept that. Um because I've lived in a state for so long that that's that's just been the way it is in my head. It's always been my way and that's it. If you're not happy with it, then that's tough. And it's, I've, I've not really cared too much about the people that have upset about that. Um, because I've always had that attitude that like, you need me more than I need you. Um, and that's, that's been a, an incredibly difficult thing for me to accept as, as a humility of being wrong. Um, it's, um, and what Tina was talking about as well. Um, I rarely took criticism from somebody that I would take advice from. And I find it very difficult for people to come at me and say, look, I think you've maybe got a problem. Because I would always turn it around and say, look, maybe you're the one with the problem. So I I would, I would always automatically have this defensive barrier up in place. Um and there was very, very few people that could actually get into that. Um the first one the first one done was my doctor. Um But, you know, it's it's difficult coming around to accepting the fact that maybe you're not right all the time. I'll ask my wife. You know, leave
1: Louise alone today. Craig, give her, cut her some slack. Yeah, she's not here. I can talk about it. <laughs> but she listens sometimes, so.
5: Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what <So> she does. <laughs> I'm not
1: editing out your comments anymore.
5: Yes.
1: Uh, Cindy, you have something?
6: Yeah, I was just thinking, like, when I read this this morning, it, it made me think a couple of different things. One was less is more. Um. And the other thing was, like, it it made me think of my father at first because he was the kind of person, or still is, I guess, um, like, you know, if you see something on somebody's face and you say, hey, you've, you know, got a piece of lettuce in your teeth or whatever, he would get irate with the person who told him that. Like, that, just even that small of a criticism. And, you know, I inherited a lot of that. <laughs> so I've had to really learn to have gratitude for people who give me criticism as long as I know their motivation. And I think that's important. Like someone who is coming from a caring place who is giving you criticism, who's trying to help you learn something versus someone who's toxic. It's, it's two totally different things. And yes, the toxic people can give you lessons too, but... Um, You know, I've had to work on, like, if I cook something and my family doesn't like it, that is not a reflection on me and my personality and my humanity and my goodness as a person. And, and, but that's where I would go a lot is like, if I can't do this, well, then, then I'm just shit. And so it's learning to, to deal with it in a way where it's not. So whatever. Whatever.
5: I think sometimes it's, it's, if if somebody's telling you something's wrong, I, th- I think sometimes you feel rejected by the people that are that are coming across. So I, I I think a lot of the time we do take it personally, we do we take it far too far too seriously. Um and it can just be simple things, but the re- rejection is massive for, more, more particularly for people in recovery, um, because the biggest thing that we want is acceptance of ourselves.
6: Yes, and we're egomaniacs with an inferiority complex. So,
5: <laughs> you, you know, it's it's
1: interesting here. That's probably a good if you if you want a a good definition of humility. A big part of humility is this idea that when someone points out a fault, that they're not the enemy that there's, that's not a a time when you're supposed to one up them (laughs) because they're pointing out your fault, you know? Um, and you're right, Cindy, it is a difference between whether they're coming from a place to help you or not. But, you know, the point is to get to a point to where none of that is personal, that it doesn't matter their motivation that, we can see that as something that helps us, and we can be grateful for it, regardless of where that comes from. And that's, uh, that's where real peace is. This idea that humility is strength, you know, that really is strength when we don't take those things personally and let it ruin our day, week, month, or just live in that. Because I used to live, uh, it was Lala talking about that, in that defense mode all the time. That I had that shield, that resistance up that tried to block everything. And learning to live past that, that's good. Uh, Therefore, those who would conquer must yield, and those who conquer do so because they yield. You don't conquer because you're stronger. You conquer because you yield. So I guess the question is, how can I yield? Cindy, you have something?
6: I do. I, I think, I mean, what you are just saying and what you just read, I think it's a vulnerability thing. Because you, you yield by being vulnerable, which can be a huge leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you become vulnerable and you let yourself be open to things, then you gain more and you're stronger than someone who is fighting all the time.
1: I have a note here. Powers gained by the one submitting. Hmm. I you think know,
2: I think you have to have a level of self-acceptance and self-worth to be able to do this because, you know, if you're feeling very insecure and you don't have that self-worth, then you're going to have that defensive wall up and you're going to, like, you have to build this self-worth somehow so that when people are saying things to you that are, you know, this constructive criticism, or even not constructive, even just criticism, that you can take it in a way that is um, teaching.
1: And you can only do that if you're not taking what they're saying personally, like it's not an attack. Right. You know, and, and that's all up to your perception. See, all right. of this is your Perception, every bit of it is, how are you perceiving what is going on? You know, it's not really about what I'm learning, that nothing that's happening in my life is really about what is going on. It's all about how I'm perceiving what is going on. Because we can all, all eight of us, can have the same situation happen. And we can all perceive it a different way and it's the exact same circumstance. So the circumstance isn't different. Our perception of the circumstance is different. So if we're looking at this from everyone's attacking me, I'm a worthless piece of shit, blah, 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 then everything I see is going to be reflecting that. But if I'm moving toward, okay, anyone that, finds a fault in me, I appreciate the faults that are found in me today. Uh, So that's things that I can change. I'm grateful for that. If you start moving in that direction, that just changes everything. Changes everything. Uh, How about this one? victory comes from lying perfectly still and waiting for power to come your way. Huh. If you yield to someone less powerful than yourself, you will be in a position to influence them. That reminds me of when I go to a meeting and I'm sitting there listening to someone who I know is not as smart as I am, doesn't know as much as I do. I'm just being honest. You know, that's how my perception, okay? (laughs) Someone who's been in the program for a week and they know everything, one of those people, and I'm sitting there, you know, just, you know, but but I listen, and I always hear something I need, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. I think I've never seen it that way, but that's what I'm doing because I know that those are the people I need to listen to the most. Are the ones I don't like, or the ones that I feel don't know anything? They're the ones I need to hear the most. So that's you know, uh, that yielding, and and this other quote here it says so. Both seek to take the lowest position in order to influence the other or be influenced. So they seek the lowest position. They don't seek the highest. They seek the lowest. Hmm. Hmm. See if there's anything else here before we move to the – talk about the ocean.
5: All right. We we have one. Do I? So we we have one when we're we're teaching the kids about competitions and Taekwondo and – there's there's always great saying that it's, um, be humble in victory and gracious in defeat. So we should always be, we should always be congratulating and helping the people that we're, that were competing against. Um, and it's never, it's never seen as a, it's never seen as a total victory. It's always seen as just, something, just something that we're doing. Yeah. They're a teacher for you, right? Yeah. Uh, this is what, uh, Derek
1: Lynn had to say, uh, when we apply this idea on the individual level, we see the wisdom of treating people well on one's way up because it is indeed true that one will see all of them again on one's way down. So we learn that everyone's our teacher and they're going to continue to be. And this just really reminds me too of the first three steps that this is this is really a description of powerlessness too when you think about it. Because uh, this is real powerlessness when when you can surrender to the point that you look at these things as your teachers, not as your enemies. You know, you look at the conflict and you you you, you have a, a shift in thinking on all think about all think about a conflict that you might have at the moment, some kind of disturbance. How can you take that and move that from an enemy to show gratitude for it and then what can it teach you about yourself because every one of those conflicts are a teacher for you they're not an enemy every one of them there's not an except, there, there's no exceptions everything you perceive as a conflict is really a teacher for you yeah that goes back.
0: To the old saying doesn't it that uh, we learn from our failures more than our successes I mean success really teaches us nothing it's the failures in life that teach us and where we actually grow from that
1: yeah Paul um, there's a there's one of the the daily readings recovery aA readings that says that uh, when things are great um, what does it say? When things are great, we can be grateful, and uh, when they not, when they're not, that we know that uh, uh, that we're learning, that we're being taught something, so we can we can stay. But the whole thing is a point of gratitude, like you talk about, Paul. Craig, are you ready for Wayne Dyer?
5: Yep. So he calls the 61st verse, living by remaining low. Most of us have been taught that it's important to tower over lesser folks in virtually all of life's endeavours. We're told to get to the top, stand out in the crowd, be the best, and honour champions who defeat challenges. We're expected to pay homage to those who make the most money, collect the most material objects, and evoke the most fear and obedience because of their positions of power, and those who deign to live among the commoners are the least deserving of our respect. This passage of the day invites us to re-evaluate these beliefs. Look at the ocean. It's the most important force on the planet because it stays lower than the streams, which are necessarily and inescapably drawn to it. As the rivers flow downwards to become one with it, the sea is able to be the great reservoir of all under heaven. This is what Lao Tzu refers to throughout the day as the great mother or the feminine of the world. In the sixty-first verse of the Tao, Lao Tzu speaks of the advantages of leading by remaining low, using entire countries as his examples. He makes the case for nations, both large and small, to be like the great ocean. He has observed warring, he has observed warring territories attempted to vanquish each other by exerting their strength. He saw that peace and harmony could only be impossible sorry, they could only be possible if the territories behaved in accord with the Tao. That is by subjugating their egos rather than their neighbors. Oh, Hold on right there. By surrendering and subjugating
1: their egos rather than their neighbors. This idea that the greater we are, the more we need humility. The, the more successful we are, the more important it is that we learn to yield. Not the less important, but the more. That's just like in recovery. The greatest we're ever going to do is learn how to be more powerless, not one day be powerless to a point and then stop. So this really reminds me, the whole idea that the weaker we get, the stronger we become, period. We're not going to get weak and strong because what happens is this idea that our humility is our strength. So the more we can learn to yield to lower our resistance, even, you know, we're learning that even with uh, Paul, power letting go book is huge on this. Learning not to resist what's going on, learn to accept That's humility. That's stopping the push, stopping the push.
3: Yeah. Taking, taking
1: things as they come, not forcing it. Yes. Not forcing a reaction. And and that's a lot of what this uh, 61st chapter is about. You know, know, the ocean just takes what water comes to it. It's the greatest because it takes it all. (laughs) It doesn't refuse and say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't have you, you know. (laughs) It just takes whatever comes its way, and then it gives back continually. Cindy? Yeah,
6: I I just was thinking, it was funny, you just said it as I was thinking it, is that For me recently, I've, maybe not recently, the last year or two, but definitely really recently, I've been working on not withdrawing, which is an action. And I never really saw it as an action. I saw myself as just, you know, I'm getting myself out of it. But when there's conflict or there's something I don't like or I have fear, I withdraw Mm -hmm. from everything and everyone. And so that is active. I mean, that would literally be like you just said, as I was about to say, it would be like the ocean putting up a wall and going, no, nope, we're just not taking anymore. Yeah. And I'm not giving anything back either. So it, it just makes me realize that when I withdraw, I, it's not just affecting me.
1: You know, and the fact that the ocean gives, it comes back. It's yep. a cycle You know that we learned in third grade, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
6: Well, it was just yesterday. Come on.
1: Yeah. So what, what actions do you take when those walls start going up? Well, what's what, what action helps you with that?
6: That's the part I'm working on. Um, because I, I mean, I just recently learned why I do it and, and the way my brain works, it's like, I got to figure out the why I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, I have not yet reached a level where I can just stop doing something. Cause I should. Mm-hmm. For certain things Latte um, So I, I'm trying to figure out What to do I mean some of it is I have to really force myself To do the, the next right thing The very small thing um, Latte would like to be on the show So it's just like um, that It's an area I struggle with Because I don't always see it coming And then I realize that I've withdrawn After the fact
1: yeah, but you're starting to see it, though. You're waking up to it, which is good. That means it's time to start dealing with it, because before you did it, and didn't even know what you were doing.
6: Yeah, sure. I've done it. I've done it for a very long time, and and what I've learned recently is that for me, it's a it's a safety thing, and it and it comes from from the past, and you know, the past is the past. But that is that is why I do it. It's a safe place for me, except. It's not become, it's becoming not a safe place for me because it's taking me out of my life. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer about safety. It's just become something else.
1: What well, was your defense? Yeah. It was your defense. Yeah. Any suggestions, guys? Greg, you don't have any suggestions. <laughs> you better have a suggestion or two for her. No pressure. No pressure. So, what was the question? <laughs> <sighs> oh, Craig! No, that's five points off your final grade. <laughs> uh. Just go help somebody, Cindy. Just that's go exactly
5: help was, somebody. Do you know, what? I hate it when Buddy takes words out your mouth. Go help somebody. <laughs> that's that's what I was getting at.
6: <laughs> you were just building up to
1: it.
5: Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And
1: that's all it is, Cindy. Really that's all it is. It's just go and help somebody. You know, that's all you gotta do. You know, it's who how can I love somebody right now? What can I do for somebody to get out of my head? Might be picking up trash on the way into Walmart because you get aggravated to people in Walmart. It might be you know, it could be anything. Could be anything. Oh, did you have something?
0: No, I was with Craig. I was lost, okay. you know. So it's like, what was the question? Right? I still, i was still early. You. I rolled in, you know. And I'm like, I'm trying to catch up. And then I was, you know, the the monkey mind's going. And then you ask a question. I'm like, oh my god, buddy's gonna ask me, and I'm gonna like. And then I'm like, oh, Craig took the bullet. So I go, you know what? I'm gonna take it with you. I'm gonna take it with you, Craig. We're in the same hoodie. Somebody, somebody put something in there. And the, the
5: SRC the other day, and it was, what can I listen to? <laughs> what can I listen to while I'm out running and walking? <laughs> I, I put, you can listen to my wife and you can text me the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got such a tendency to switch off these days. I'm just like.
0: <sighs> well, I think that that's why this meditation month is going to be so important. Because it allows you to switch back on, you know. I'm not quite back on yet, but it's only day three. Uh, but it does. It allows you to to be more present. And the scattering, the whole like, man, if I could just get the what what is it the 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 notes on this? Right, if somebody could just give me the highlights, right? That'd be great. Uh, but it doesn't work like that. Right. So, so how do we be more present? Anyway, I I think it's a good challenge. I think so. That's why I'm here.
5: I think you dodged that question better than I
0: did. (laughs) I I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) But, but Cindy, you know, it's really,
1: it's, it goes back to that simplicity that we're finding, that there's only one answer for everything that I'm finding that is if i don't know what to do next what the next right thing is it's always who can i help always 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 the answer is who can i help if um if i if i'm riding down the road and i've lost and i'm aggravated about traffic okay who can i be kind to in traffic <laughs> who can i slow down for and let them in <laughs> Except speed up so they won't get in front of me. <laughs> you know, this is the simplest of things, not the most difficult of things. Um, work the same way. Um, who can I help? What can I, if I'm aggravated with my wife, what can I do for her today while she's going? Um, the other day before I left, I was pushed for time. And I said, you know, though, I'm going to make the bed for her before I leave. And I stopped when I was trying to get out of the door and made the bed because I felt like I wanted to do something nice for her before I left. Didn't mention it. I just left, you know. But what I'm saying is it, may, it, it created a little lift for me. So it's that same thing that any time there's a conflict, that conflict's a teacher for you. It's not about the person because it's all our perception of the whole thing. You have something else?
6: No. Okay. I thought I did, but I don't.
1: <laughs> All right. You want to read some more in, uh,
5: in Dyer? Yeah, i will just jump ahead a little bit. Um, you can apply the wisdom of this verse in the business world or with anyone you encounter by updating the notion that towering above others and the yang approach of masculine domination is the way to get ahead. Instead, see the value of living as if you can win trust and friendship through a yin approach or feminine receptivity and stillness. As you try in these new attitudes and behaviour, quietly watch as the energy from the following suggestions begins to influence your reality. So reassess your personal view of what constitutes a strength. Can you see the power in humility, stillness and remaining low and out of sight? In martial arts, the strongest conqueror is the one who uses the least force and converts the lunges of his opponents into his own might. Look at the story of violence through human history. Those obsessed with positions of power ultimately resort to brutality and they incur the same kind of violence on themselves and so is in your personal life hold up, hold up
1: craig this This idea, and this is our idea for the whole day really, and, and you're, you're the martial artist guy. Or none of us know that for sure. We see pictures, and you dress up like it, but we assume that that's a real thing for you. It's really a, it's really a costume. You've caught me out. Okay. <laughs> Can you see the power in humility, stillness, and remaining low and out of sight? I know that's a big part of what you guys do.
5: How does that yeah. work? We, okay, so in in the humility, we never brag. We never we never brag about. It. What we can do, we never we never face up to each other. We always, you know, we're, we're there to do a martial art. We're not there to we're not there to act hostile towards people. The idea behind a martial art is it's always a self defence. It's never it's it's never used to um, to enforce your will uh, over people. It's always been used as a defence um, within nations and uh, and communities. Um, the remaining low and out of sight. Um, we never telegraph what we're going to be doing if, if we if we do end up in conflict or if we're in competitions. We never telegraph what we do. We never show our opponent what we're going to be doing. We always rely on them making the first move. Um, so that kind of makes them the hostile rather than us us being hostile towards them. So we're effectively using their techniques against them. So it's um, it's kind of like a rule reversal. It's Sometimes the, the, the people in judo and uh, jiu-jitsu are brilliant at it because they use... They use the, the, their opponent's momentum actually against their opponent. Um, so that's what we kind of try and do. We, we never, it's, it's less work for me to use what he's doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than me to actually do it to him. Okay,
1: good. Let's skip down to this emulate those, if you don't mind, and read that little paragraph, and then we'll we'll be done with it if that's good with you.
5: Yep. Emulate those whose greatest impact on humanity use the least violent methods. There are many examples to be found for living by remaining low, replicating the example of stillness and yin energy. Jesus Christ, Buddha, Muhammad, Zoroaster, Saint Francis of Assisi, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, and others of the highest spiritual persuasion serve as wonderful role models for us. By demonstrating the exact opposite of what has become known as power by force, they changed the course of human history. Furthermore, they are remembered with the highest esteem by all people. You can become a similar leader of the Tao in your immediate environment, smiling inwardly as you see yourself as that low, patient ocean. All those who wish to tower above you in conquest will ultimately flow down to you. Okay. All right. Um, The exact opposite
1: of what has become known as power by force changed the course of history. That's the humility that we're talking about which we can apply, you know, to everything that's going on, I, without exception. Um, all those who wish to tower above you in conquest will ultimately flow down to you. Comments? There any, Do you all have any exceptions to this that you're saying, you know, that just will not work in this particular situation? Is there anything that you can think, any holes in this? Because I, I would like to know if you all know of any. I, I can't find any in my life. I think every conflict I have, I can either look at as uh, an enemy and fight, or if I look at them as a teacher, then the fight's gone. Because why would I want to fight with a teacher? It's there for me to learn.
0: Oh? Well, it, this happened recently uh, where my wife and I are remodeling the kitchen and uh we have two different companies working on two different parts of the kitchen and my sister-in-law had just one company do both aspects and so there was a conflict between the two companies not within themselves but one was saying oh well if you would have just gone with us we would have been able to handle this like we're like hey this is an issue and we need this fixed and they're like, yeah, well, if we would have had it and this wouldn't be an issue. And then I, I, when they left, I snapped, right? I told my wife, I'm like, see, this is ridiculous. I knew we should have gone with the other guys, blah, 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 right? And she goes, how is this helping? And she goes, you know what? This is this is old you. I'm not dealing with you, right? This whole attitude thing, right? I want to jump right into conflict and I start MFing the other guys Right. I'm like, see, this is what Tico's do. And this is what these guys are just trying to manipulate. And they're trying to make more money. And then I, like, I went on this rant. And my wife's like, I just, I don't, I, this is, this is, I don't know who this is. This is, but this is old Omar. I can't deal with you. See. And, and so I walked away from the situation. And I thought, am I the one that's in the wrong here? Right. And so that's where the humility aspect comes in. Like I had to sit with that silent, so in silence and in humility and step away from it and go, okay, um, is me, is, is this, is my behavior helping the situation or is it agitating the situation? Right? Am I showing my cards? And so I went back to my wife and I said, you know, I'm really, I'm sorry, uh, you're right, and I'm going to take a complete step back. So let's just look at however, whatever help they need from us so that we can find the solution. I'm on board, right? Um, And so she was like, let's see how long this lasts, this (laughs) humility act. Uh, And then two days later, she goes, we we had another situation, and I came in, I was like a different person. I just said, okay, so... What are our options? What are we going to do this? And she's like, wow, you actually like completely changed. I said, I told you I was going to change. Right? That wasn't just like, I'm sorry to get you off my back. That was like, when I say I'm sorry and I'm not going to do it again, it means I'm sorry and I'm not going to do it again, which is my amends. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And also
1: with that, you know, that wasn't nothing personal against you. They could have been working on anyone's house have that same situation and the same thing would have happened. They weren't picking on Omar, you know, so that's good. That's good. Cindy. Yeah,
6: this just happened this week, which is not usually how I handle things, but I am getting better. So we need to have our whole lawn resodded because we have sticker weeds. And um, so I, I went on home advisor and I put in what I needed and whatever. And three companies called me and I set them all up for one morning. So I like, stay here, do homework, get it done two companies just didn't show up and normally I would have like made phone calls been raising, you know, the roof over it. And I didn't. And the very next day, the home advisor company called me and said, how did it go with your three estimates? Is there anything else you need? And they just called me and set up more appointments. And I literally had to do nothing except just be available and not get mad.
1: You know, and this doesn't mean we have to be a doormat. It's not about the situation It's about our response to the situation. See, it doesn't mean we don't stand our ground and have things we have to do and all of that. It just means that we can handle things without all the anger and the striving and the push. We don't have to have that.
6: Right. And I, I realized, and I realized this is just a lawn company, but I just looked at it in a bigger way of like, how many times have I chased after someone who didn't want to be there for me when actually the lesson was that I probably didn't want them? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know it's just lawn, but it was like, I was like, oh, I probably didn't want that lawn company. Like, if you can't show up to give an estimate, you're probably not going to do a good job, right? You're not going to be reliable. Right. And I thought, well, hmm, how many times have I chased? when I should have just been like the lesson was, okay, you don't need to be in my life.
1: Exactly. Exactly. A lot of people would hear this and say, well, I'm not going to be a doormat for people. That's not what this is talking about because it's not about the actions. It's about our response to the actions. It's all about how we're perceiving our perception of what's going on.
2: Like at work, if I have, uh, a client, sometimes the clients freak out, get all agitated, start yelling and throwing stuff. I mean, sometimes they just get upset because they're new in treatment and they don't want to be there. If I react, you know, how I react is really going to either escalate that or calm it down, you know? So if I react like this, you know, this ocean that's calm, calm them down, get, you know, that's going to have a very different response than if I'm like, Rah!
4: stop,
2: blah blah, 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 You know, that does not help them calm down. If I'm very calm with them, you know, that really can bring down their level of agitation.
1: And that ocean analogy's acceptance too because the ocean takes in whatever's given to it doesn't doesn't push against any anything it takes it all so that that's a level of acceptance there too
2: and it's nothing to do with me ever how they're acting towards me most of the time you know it's all to do with them
1: yep
6: but the ocean does deposit some of the crap on the beach so, I mean, there is stuff that you do let go of, but it does it in a way where it's very just,
2: but it does.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of analogies we can draw from that. A lot of stuff. That's good. Good. Well, the real, the real goal with this, as far as I can see, is for me this week, if I'm being defensive about anything, if I'm resisting, my question to myself is, okay, How am I not being humble? How am I not surrendering in whatever this is that's going on? How am I taking this personally and not seeing this situation as a teacher for me instead of something that's attacking me? So that's the real, for me, the real gift for this week. And I can start with gratitude. If I'm having difficulty and I'm being defensive, I can say, okay, thank you for whatever this is that's going on. Now, how can I see the gift in this? That's really, for me, the way I would like to start, uh, the way I approach those things, really. y'all have anything else? Well, y'all have a great week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week thank you for listening to the dow of our understanding recovery podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends in recovery